still were raised to be connected to each other in 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 that single room we find love you will see us going out you will see us if we see any of us going out we have been sent but apart from that that single room if it's raining water is coming there but we are there because what kept us there was the spirit behind what we call home love care but you know i also had friends whose fathers had big houses but they spent almost all their day with us in that small room my mother had some small porch in front my friends were always with me there they never enjoyed that big house you know what we do we spend all our time trying to build houses and trying to build success at the expense of the people who truly love us there are a lot of rich people whose children are into drugs all the houses are there and yet these guys are in mental homes in fact i know rich people whose father's houses are in Trazaco valley estate but they spend the whole day at nima but it is believed that those who smoke weed they love themselves a lot that's why the same joint once and passes it on and they pass it on pass it on it's a sign of love bond you know that they stay there where you are loved you stay where you are accepted you stay where you are celebrated you stay you can't build you can't just have children or marry a wife or marry a husband live in a big house and nobody enjoys the company in the house the company you enjoy are people outside home I am still begging my daughter to accept to study outside. No, study. I want to finish my first degree here. And mommy and I came to one conclusion. I'm still trying to convince her. Mommy and I came to one conclusion. She lives in a home. She enjoys the company of her brothers and sisters. She enjoys the company of her parents and therefore doesn't want to leave. Since Kevin came back home, I've been begging him, go back, study again. That the next year, that the next two years, that the next three years. Home. Home. It's so important, so crucial. And that is what I want to share with you today. How, how to make, no, I'll share about how to make your house a home. But today I want to talk about next week I'll talk about how to make your house a home. But today I want to share with you on seven things that can break your home. One time I told mommy, do you know that if I'm put on a desert and I'm with you alone, I will survive. If I if if you are, I'm excommunicated to a desert, they say I shouldn't come again and I'm with mommy, I will survive. Because it goes beyond just having sex. It is the friendship. The friendship that connects us. The love that bounds us. That allows us 
to forgive each other. It is the morning devotion that is held in my house. It is the love that brings us to one table to eat together and not fight and throw spoons. It is what stops us from insulting each other. That's what makes a home. Please, you forget that big building if every day you are fighting with your wife. Forget all those cars if 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 you if your wife cannot enjoy a ride with you, why do you own a car? If your wife cannot enjoy sleeping with you on that bed, why, why do you have a bed? Please, there are people lying on mats in kiosks and they enjoy themselves. They can't, they, they can't wait to go back to that kiosk. That woman that carries that thing that sells in the community is looking forward to meet the husband, the carpenter, in that kiosk in that evening because it is more than kiosk. It's a home. Are you here? It is more than kiosk a home. That's why I want present place to be. I want present place to be more than that a church building. I want here to be a home. Are you telling Judah we are just building a new um, um, recreation center? And in November, October, I'm introducing um, a morning prayer session here on Tuesday morning called Battle of Champions from 9 to 12. And then on Saturday, I'm starting something new called Prayerobics. 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 So prayer and aerobics. So we study the Bible and pray for one hour. Then we do aerobics for one hour. I, I want, I, we are going to build basketball courts and other things. It should be more than a building where people come in and hear a pastor preach. It should be a place where people love each other, find friends and find um, a, a community. That's how it is. That's where people want to be. But you know, you know something? You can't find a home in a church if you don't have a home in your house. And sometimes, those of you who feel that this church doesn't love much, it is not a fault of the church. It's the fault of your home. You don't understand what is love. You are not made to be able to even receive love and accept love. You have grown up with a man or a woman that the only way to settle your problem is to fight. So you have an inbuilt reactor, which is a fighting spirit. So somebody offends you, you fight. Imagine how many times you hit your children. The person pours water, you have food. The person is carrying food. And you are, the person is carrying food. Look at your face, you are eating. Did you help anybody here? Look at your face. You, you know that kind of thing. You are wild in the house. You are wild in the house. Your children, your children do not enjoy your company. They can't sit down with you and watch movies. I have something at home I call, I'm counting my children. So I just, I said, I just, I call Kevin. Kevin, I'm counting my children. When I say I'm counting my children, it means all of them has come. There are four. And when they come, I said, one, two, three, four. Okay, you are rich. Sit down. Let's watch a movie. And we watch a movie. We chat. We argue. And we talk. Then usually it's mommy that we have to explain all the movie to. 
you know, you want to see. Now we cross the same. Then they all tell, oh, mommy. Tetebia is usually the narrator of the movie. She narrates the movie. And sometimes the conflict is that, the conflict is that, there are kind of movies, I wonder what me and mommy will like. So I'm like, so are you guys enjoying this movie? Hey, daddy, don't you enjoy it? I look at them like that. I say, what can I do? Okay, let's, let's watch it. I'm enjoying it. If those things do not exist in your heart, my house is not a house of prayer, a house. When I leave the pulpit, I don't take bishop to her house. I'm a father. I'm a father. My children must be able to come to me. And then we are sometimes decide that we are sleeping in daddy's room. So they come there. So I have a mattress permanently lying down there for them. When they come there, sometimes they say, we'll not sleep, we'll sleep on your bed. I don't say, listen, don't, don't get my bed dirty. No, I don't say that to my children. They must have that freedom to be children in my room. What is the essence of being a child if you can't be dirty? All of you that your children don't get dirty, I don't, I mean, hey, stay here. Don't go here. There's mud here. We, we grew up with dirt. And we are better. <laughs> I, 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 do, you know, do you see where I'm going? See where I'm going. Uh-huh. Kevin was telling me a story. Okay, okay let, me, let, me, let me just move on. Let me just move on. So I don't delay. So here are the seven things I want you to watch so that you don't break your home. And next week, I'll, t- I'll teach you on how to build a home out of a house. Number one, the first home breaker is an ex-lover who wants to be a friend? An ex-lover who wants to be a friend. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Among the former things you should forget is your ex-lover. Because there are some things you can be formal with some former things. You can be formal with some former things. My first car was a very old Passat. Very old Passat, but I still have emotional attachment to that car. Now, that car was an overage car I bought, and I brought it to Ghana. I was charged penalty. I used it for taxi. Morning, evening, I had a taxi driver in the morning and one in the night to be able to pay my taxes on that car. I suffered. It was the, all the time the car had broken down. But I still have this emotional attachment to that car. Every time I buy a new car and I'm driving, when I sit inside, I remember the first car I drove or owned. So imagine me if I had a girlfriend before marrying, meeting mommy. If I still had fond memories for my fond memories of my old car, I should have fond memories of my old girlfriend or old boyfriend. Fortunately, I didn't have a relationship before I met mommy. But if I did, and I met my old girlfriend in the airport, there will be fond memories. There will be some... Listen, you never fully recover from, an, from emotional attachment. Emotional attachments. It's, you see, it's not different from losing a father. My father had been dead for over 30 years now. Over 30 years now, I still think about my father with such fondness as if he died yesterday. Because emotions are not easily washed away or flushed out of the systems. 
It is the same thing with people you ever entered into relationships with. Especially the people you had sex with. Because the highest form of, em, em, of expressions of emotions is through sex. And these are not things you can You can meet your former boyfriend and not remember he ever slept with you. Or meet your former girlfriend and not remember that good sex you had. Or you don't meet or you don't even some of you even sit and you not even met them and your mind travels back and you remember. Now, the reason why I don't subscribe that an old boyfriend or girlfriend should be a friend to you is that anytime you meet an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend and your past comes up for discussion and in those discussions there is a reference to your emotions and a remembrance of an emotional attachment is an insult and disrespect to your husband or your wife. You must hold the dignity of the man you are married to now or the woman you are married to now by ensuring that your ex-lover does not become your friend because you can't control what you discuss. surprises me the most what the surprises me the most is how a couple can fight because one person says that I don't like you being a friend to your ex and you say oh but it's only friendship it's only friendship and then it becomes a fight how does your ex becomes a center of a conflict between you and your husband Let me tell you, let me explain something to you. You see, imagination, fantasy, is more enjoyable than reality. Your ex never became your husband or your wife. So you only imagined what it could have been if you married. You only fantasized about your future. And that looks very nice and gives you some emotional butterflies. But with you and your husband, you are living in reality and reality is more difficult than fantasy are you here <laughs> and so sometimes you try to compare the fantasy with the reality and assume that your former boyfriend or girlfriend loved you better than your current spouse Now, the difference between a husband and a boyfriend is like the difference between a bicycle and a Benz. I'm telling you, your former boyfriend or girlfriend is like bicycle. Your current husband is Benz. That is how, how, how wide it is. So there is no basis for comparison. But sometimes foolishly we do and what is even more foolish is to try to uh, you know there are girls or men when they have problems with their spouses they go to their ex and discuss it 
They go to their ex to discuss it. That's the highest form of disrespect to your spouse. You can't do that. You can't do that. The chances that if your ex is your friend, the chances that you will sleep again, you will have sex outside mar- your uh, marriage, is higher than if he's not your friend. Now, people you never knew in your life, there are men here who are married and people they never met in their past. They have met them now and they are still sleeping with them. How much more than somebody you slept with in your, your past? So you just can't say that. He is only my friend. I don't have any feelings for him again. If you have no feelings for him or for her again, he will not be on the table for discussion. You will not even say, oh, he is only my friend. He will not come for discussion. When you live here today, delete that phone number and have your peace of mind. I'm telling you, even, even old boyfriend to new boyfriend, don't compare. How much more old boyfriend to husband? Old girlfriend to your kind. Listen, if somebody is going out with you, and keeps making reference to his old girlfriend, old old girlfriend. Slap him and walk out of the relationship. I'm telling you, it is disrespectful for the person to be talking about his ex all the time. Oh, me and me and Yah used to come here. Me and a queer used to come here. Where you are taking me to for enjoyment? Why are you making reference to the person you used to come there with? What is your problem? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And the first former thing you must forget is your former boyfriend or girlfriend. If you don't want to break your home. And all these ex-lovers, when they come back into your life, they come as if they are your protectors. Has he been beating you? Has he been beating you? Nonsense. And with all the people in this world, the person you want to be a friend is your old boyfriend or your old girlfriend. Then you really lack friends. You are very desperately in need of friends. Number two, the second breaker of homes is a gossip who has a story to tell. A gossip who has a story to tell. Proverbs 16 verse 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. One, goss- one friend who is a gossiper can separate you and your husband. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. If you are quarreling with your wife, you talk to her, she agrees, she goes out and comes in and starts again. Or your husband goes out and comes starts again. There's a, there's a gossiper in your middle. In between there, there's somebody who is gossiping. Let me tell you something about, about listen, people are jealous that you are married. And they just want to set confusion. This week, a woman came to visit me Incidentally, I had an appointment with the husband later in, in the day. 
So while the woman was chatting with me, she didn't give me any inclination that she knew the husband was coming. So we finished. The husband came in the afternoon. We had a chat. Somebody and his wife, I'm not the one going to say, oh, your wife just left here. What about if he didn't want the wife to come here? So we had a chat. It was during this conversation that he said, oh, my wife, my wife said he came to see you. I said, yes, yes, yes. But he didn't come up for discussion because I didn't know whether you approved of her coming to see me. But you know that somebody will see a girl in another man's car's front and call their wife. Hey, I saw your wife. I saw your husband right now. Um, there's this fake lady in his front, the seat of his. Are you? Do you, are you, do you know the person? Hey, the way they, the way they were laughing and talking. Hey, eh? the way they were laughing and talking. You were you were a homebreaker. You see, in my in, la, in my language, they say You are not the one to break the news of a cheating husband to the wife. Especially when you, you don't have the capacity to handle the ripple effect of that. So if we truly, truly care about that marriage or that relationship, you will go to someone who when he hears it can counsel the person. That you saw one of your sons and a girl... When I saw them, I suspect something. Like I called the sons. Actually, nowadays people have been seeing you somewhere with this particular girl. I understand the girl has some weird hair color and has this and has this. Who is that girl? How did, how did they go? I make my counsel very informal. So that you don't feel like I'm interrogating you. So you can be there, we'll make it very informal. And you, even if you lie to me, I have just informed you that you have been noticed. And I know that you can't accept it in my presence immediately, but I just want you to know that, Charlie, there is no secret on the surface of the earth. Whatever you are doing, you have been noticed. Are you here with me? Be very careful, people who come. And gossip about your in-laws to you. Hey. What's your husband's sister's well or husband's brother's well? Oh. The way I see them, I see they're chopping your husband's money. Is it your matter? How hard does that concern you? How has that become your burden? But sometimes you see. You insult your own intelligence when you allow gossips to be telling you things. Hey, your wife. I hear that when she goes to market, she doesn't spend all the money. Do you know that when your wife goes to market, she keeps some of the money. She keeps some. This one. What is your problem? Please, you know, there are a few people that the Bible asks us to, to avoid. One of them is that the Bible says, avoid the man who talks too much. 
avoids the man who talks to man. Because the Bible knows that people who talk a lot and talk about other people matters and everything concerning people are people that can really cause havoc in people's lives. That's why anybody, if listen, listen, if we want to see serious people, look at their friends. In this church, there are some group, their work is to gossip. I'm telling you. Oh, I mean, if, if I allow any one of them to my house now, they will not see all the beautiful things in my household. They will focus on one thing. Hey, I went to daddy's house today. Oh, and when mommy got there, I didn't see mommy greeting him well. I suspect they are, by now, they are fighting. In fact, there are some group in this church, even my gate, I won't allow them to come there. Even my office, I'll receive you at the reception. Before you go and tell people that, you go and tell people, hey, if you go to that man's office, eh? even his chair, his chair, and there are poor people in this church. And look at, if you look at the chair he's sitting on, if he sells his chair, and eh, if he sells his chair, he can pay people's rent in this chair. No, that's how, I'm, I'm telling you, gossips, they pick petty things. Your gossips are envious and they want to destroy the person they are envious of. And if it's your marriage, they want to. So please, the person telling you, no, no, look at this. Anybody who consistently tells you stories that hurts you is a bad person. The seven I'm preparing, I'm preparing this seven for like six months, I haven't finished. The seven bad people around you, you think are good. The first one are gossipers. The words of the gossip are sweet, are like muscles, sweet to the soul. So they come and tell you stories. By the time the person is leaving, you have a hatred for someone, you have a bitterness for someone, you, you have been discouraged. Anybody here that people tell you a story about this church that discourages your commitment, that is a serious gossiper. I'm telling you. And they can bring you to your home and attack your commitment to your husband and tell you that human beings are not pillows that you can put your head on. Oh, be careful. Be careful. Oh, be careful. If you care for me more than my wife cares for me, you are a suspect. I'm telling you. I don't know you from Adam. Suddenly, 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 you care so much that what my wife is doing, you want to tell me, and you know what you are telling me can bring me to conflict. I hear people mommy love in this church who have said things about mommy that I never mentioned it to her. Because that was poor relationship. Maybe the worst I will go is, Charlie, be careful. These people, I think you should just make sure that you, where you are now, you don't go beyond in the relationship. I just say it like that and I leave it. Because I know if I tell mommy the full story and she reacts, she's, the gossips, they move in groups. Every, now listen, every gossiper 
has what we call human shields. Because he's a gossiper and knows that one day he or she will be caught. They build a group so that they know that if you touch me, you are touching a number of people. You get it? So they become so powerful. If you touch me, you are touching not me alone, but all these people. Let me tell you here, if you are very wise, never get involved in people's battles. Some of you, your friend become offend, offense, offense take, take an offense in this church, and you, you get more offended. <laughs> it's stupidity. Total stupidity. You get more offended. Do you know that? <laughs> okay, let me move on for the sake of time. Let me move on. Number three, an in-law who wants to assume control. An in-law who wants to assume control. Genesis 2 verse 24. That's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Now, this living causes a lot of confusion in many families. Some, you see, some mothers are so controlling. They control their daughters, control their sons. When they see that marriage is taking them away of their control, they can't stand it. Now, some mother-in-laws want to want to mother their, their son-in-laws. Your son-in-law already had a mother before he, you came to marry your, father, your daughter. He had been raised by a certain mother in a certain way. You are not the one to come in and start re-raising re him. You want to raise him to look like your sons that you raised. It, it, it can happen. You can, your, your daughter marries a man. Whilst I believe you are an important person, last week I preached about it, so I'm balancing it now. Whilst I believe that the mother-in-law must be respected, must be valued, you must also give the new couple, or even if they are old couple, give them space. Let them make their own decisions. Let them, let them make, take their own steps. The only thing you can do is to advise. Your son-in-law says, I want only two children. Then you call your daughter, are you a fool? Give back to more. Don't mind him. Don't mind him. Add one more. Add two. You, you want to dictate how many children somebody's son should have with your daughter. You are just a controlling person. Mother-in-laws who go to their homes of their children and want to tell the wife the kind of food the son likes. Please, you lost that responsibility long ago. Even before your son got married, he's left home. He's been eating on the street. Do you go to the street where he eats to tell them what your husband, your, your son likes to eat? Then immediately he marries because you know you have lost control. You are now coming in to tell your, your daughter-in-law what your son wants to eat. Please, go to the kinky cellar he used to eat from and the, the kokonte cellar he used to Go and tell them all those people what your son likes to eat. Because once you couldn't do that, but you are doing it in this house, it's a sign that you still want to be in control 
when you have lost that control. Are you here? There are father-in-laws who want their sons to marry their wives like they married. They want their sons. Agazi, Agazi. You know, some your father married your mother very badly and wants you to be the same way. Now, when it even comes to siblings, it can be worse. When it comes to siblings, it can be very serious. Do you know there are some siblings who feel that me and you we are one blood? Your wife is a stranger. If your wife dies, you can remarry again. If I die, you won't have a brother like me again. You have a sister like me again. It is the height of ignorance. The covenant of one flesh is stronger. Stronger. The covenant between a wife and the husband is stronger than the covenant between a brother and a sister. You know, what you have forgotten is that these two people have become so much of one flesh that one human being has a human being has come out of them and that human being carries the two of them, their DNA fused together. Are you here? I know sisters who can't stand the fact that their brother's wife sits in his car front and they sit at the back. Look at you. When, when we were suffering, where was she? Now she has come and taken over our brother. Taking over our brother. Do you know you are a villager? If you go to your sister-in-law's house and you go to her kitchen without her permission, you are a home wrecker. You are a home breaker. You want to destroy the home. That is her space. That is her husband's house. She has authority over there. Once I expect the woman to respect the man's people, I expect the man's people to understand that if your brother or sister is married, the game changed. Everything has changed. A senior sister, a senior sister who wants to be a senior sister to her sister's husband. It doesn't work that way, the way you were controlling your junior brothers, even who to marry, you were controlling, you were controlling, you were controlling. That person was raised by someone else. Oh. He will not be under your control. You cannot go to the house and try to control what happens there. Even my big, my big brother comes to my house from Germany. Everything he wants, he's asking permission. He cannot just assume that I am the big brother I have taken over the house when I come in. A mummy must be serving him as if he is some king from somewhere. No, he understands that this is my junior brother, but he's married, he's raising his family, I must give him space, I must give him respect. We are no longer in that single room where Papa was king and I was the assistant king. Here, Yofi is king. His wife is the queen. And I I'm a subject. Are you following what I'm teaching you? These are important principles. 
I love my sisters. I love my brother. But they know. They know that I am married. The same way my father married my mother. And they had us. And they had us. And we became a family. I also had to marry someone to raise a family. And you trying. Trying to be in the middle of that marriage to say that we are brothers. We were born. We, me and you. Me and you. Your own brother. Your own sister. How did we become brother and sister? Mama and papa married. Gave birth to us. Nobody interfered. I'm also giving birth to brother and sister. Allow me to marry the one I have called flesh my covenant with a person is a covenant of one flesh. You have to understand. Me and my siblings, we are seven and we will always be seven before God. But me and mommy will always be one before God. You can separate us. Even twins, twins are two before God. But a man and a woman, when they are married, they are one before God. The only relationship Jesus compared to his relationship with the church is the relationship between a husband and a wife. In fact, Jesus is saying that the only person you can die for is your wife. If Anne Roberts comes to my house, which will not happen, and they ask me to give out people they can kill, the first person I'll go and hide is my wife. You, they won't give you go. I'll lock you. Any other person can go. Mommy said, what about my children? When we were, where were they? No, I can't love my children more than you. Our both capsize. And everybody is drawing. I'll serve all my children communion and bless them. And say, lead, kindly, light, amen. And carry my wife back into the boat. A covenant of one flesh. If you start loving your children more than your spouse, very soon, they will marry and leave you. And only the two of you will be left there. I'm telling you. They will marry and leave you. Mommy said, why walking there like that? You go and marry some guy. When I'm calling her, she said, Papa, Daddy, please, I'll, I'll call you back. Um, I'll call you back. I'm serving my husband. When I finish, I'll call you. I paid the school fees, paid everything and everything. She won't care. The only person who will serve me and serve me to the point of death will be my wife. All oh, these children, you are... <laughs> That is why you must not allow your children to come. Love them. Care for them. But they shouldn't come between you and your husband. That's why I always advise against divorce. Because once you divorce, the place of your children are misplaced. If you remarry, they live with a stepmother. If the woman remarries, they must live with a stepfather. The only place maybe they can find some amount of um, balance might be to live with grandparents. That's why no matter what happens, 
unless it, it will kill you. Unless there's a biblical basis for it. Hang around. Try and hang around. Try and hang around. So please, especially men listening to me, next week I'll share on how to build a home out of a house. And I'll deal with some principles to restart again. This is repairs and maintenance. Let's restart. Let's restart. And let's strengthen the marriage. Let bygones be bygones. Number four, the fourth, the fourth thing that can break your home and wreck your relationship is an inexperienced advisor. First Kings 12 verse 8. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the men who had grown up with him and, and were serving him. This is what led. This Rehoboam was Solomon's son who inherited Solomon. Now, because Solomon was building, the, the father, David, was a warrior king. Solomon built infrastructure. So David took a lot of lands, but he didn't develop them. Now Solomon came in and had to build a temple and had to develop the lands. So Solomon touched the people a lot. He touched the people to build infrastructure. When Solomon died, his son Rehoboam came, became king. And then the people went to him and said, your father, your father taxed us too much. So we want you to reduce the taxes. Then Solomon consulted with the elders. The elders said, we think it is true. We do the taxes. Then when the elders left, he called his colleagues, his friends, who he grew up with. Charlie, this, this be the thing you know, we think we for do. Say, hey, you go reduce the tax. How you go fit change the girls? The money where they go here, they gave him bad advice. That's what led to the division of the kingdom of Israel. So, another man, who, who was called another Boam, Jeroboam, what? came and took ten of the tribes and Solomon's king, son only had two because of the advice of the young people. Please, don't talk to people. Don't, if, if you are married, don't let an unmarried person be your counselor. I'm telling you. Now, you can let someone who is even divorced be your counselor because the person will teach you and tell you how not to make a mistake that will lead to divorce. The person has experienced it, he will tell you the truth. But don't let somebody who is not married before become a counselor between you and your husband. You'll be talking theories. The best companies are not even run by people with MBA from Harvard. They are run by people who have practical experience. Theory doesn't work. Your friend who is never married lives in a world of fantasy. Even their friends who are married who are ungodly advisors. You know sometimes... Your friend wants you to become a version of him. Charlie, your wife no cook. Where you live at? Me, last two weeks, my wife no cook. I give him some slaps, eh? 
I give up. You, you be weak man. You be weak man. You, be, you see, you, he wants you to be a version of him. Anybody who wants you to be a version of him, run away from that person. Unless the person is a version of Christ. If the person can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, then you can. I had a rumor some time ago that, oh, Aphrodite, when you take your marital matters to him, you will always be on the wife, on the side of your wife. You see, this, these are madmen. Because, you see, you see, because traditionally, 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 when a man and a woman gets a case, they will tell the woman to apologize and then leave it. So they have the traditional mindset. But you see, in the true, the way people can be healed, people can be healed, is win-win. Win-win. Well, it takes two to tango. You can't bring your marital matter to me and expect that I will rebuke your wife for you and I will judge your wife for you and tell your wife to go back home and sin no more. Then now you feel like a man. Yeah, I won. I won. This is not a battle of champions. I'm telling you, marital issues, they are not a battle of champions. You must always have a win-win. If there's always a win-lose, win-lose, win-lose situation, you are only preparing yourself for your wife to rebel at one point. That will hurt you the most. Take your matters to people who can look at your face and tell you the truth. One case came before me. The man has touched the woman. I said, listen, let me tell you. The next time you touch her, I call police. I was the bishop, but I issued a threat. I'll call police. Those men will not come to me. Are you here with me? Go to people. Listen, if you tell your marital matters to people who cannot rebuke you, you don't, you're not looking for a solution. You're not looking for a solution. One of my most beloved son, his wife said he's leaving the marriage and called me. The wife called me, Daddy, I'm leaving the marriage. I called my son. So I said, Daddy, let him let her go. I said, No, she's not going. The reason why she called me is that she doesn't mean the threat. If she truly wants to go, she won't call me. She wants settlement. Be reasonable. Be reasonable. If he wants to go, he won't call me. Because he knows there is no way I will I will encourage that. Because she wants solution. It is not before me that you do your manship. When you come before me, you are a sonship. <laughs> yeah, because I can't imagine, and you know, the women are the weaker vessels. So, in dealing with the situation, you first have to ensure that they have gotten out of their emotions, they have gotten out of their pain. Man, if you're a man, if you're a true man, you should better handle pain better than a woman. So the first rebuke will come to you. Why you are betting kukuti? You have big shoulders, you want to fight like a woman. This is how I win, win, win. 
This is how I win. Some of you <laughs> say, Daddy, what are you telling us? <laughs> Please! It is an abusive husband who will tell the wife that don't let our matter go out. Go out where? When I married mommy, I showed her, but when we came to Sprinter's Road, I told mommy that I want to show you the people that can handle our marital problems. I said, my spiritual father, go to him. Number two, Auntie Becky, go to her when we have problems. Go to Auntie Becky. And then we had one elder in the church, that person. I won't tell her, don't let our matter go anywhere. When a man tells you that, he's preparing to kill you. No, but no, no, because he knows that what he's doing is so bad, he doesn't want anybody to hear. Of course, you two don't, don't be standing somewhere. There used to be a lady in this church, mommy used to have the olive groove at the, that, that, when she has a case with the husband at home, she'll come and sit down there and be crying. You didn't cry in the household. You came to church to cry in front where everybody's buying. Yeah. He's worrying me. He's worrying me. Those women, those women, you can tell them, don't let our matter go out. Because they don't know how to channel their matters. You can beg them. So, so for those women, eh, for those women, don't create matter. <laughs> don't create matter now. You are beating me. You are kicking me. You are slapping me. You are doing all manner of bad things to me. You are cheating on me. And say, don't let our matter go out. Which matter are you talking about? Number five. A disappointed expectation. Genesis 37 verse 5. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Do you think that the dream Joseph had, his expectation was for his brothers to hate him? No! He wanted them to rejoice with him. Do you think that his expectation was to be in prison? No! We all have dreams or had dreams before we married. In fact, everybody, when you are single, for most things, you can have a Cinderella fairy tale thinking. You'll be forgiven. For by marriage, please don't have fairy tale thinking. You will die. For marriage, don't just sit down and I will marry this and we will, we will be here and by five years time we will be here and we'll be doing this and we'll be traveling from Canada to America and from there we will go here and then we will go there. When you see a woman who is fantasizing, please don't marry her because when you marry her, she will suffer from disappointed expectations. Because marriage is hard work. Marriage is hard work. Don't. God told the Jews, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. When they started, they were, they were just seeing milk and honey, milk and honey. So they met enemies, they met Red Sea, they met all those things. I want to go back. So please, I beg you, don't promise milk and honey without telling them the valleys and the Red Sea ahead. Be realistic. Sit down with a person and be realistic. Some people are married, they are still fantasizing. They are still saying, eh, um, um, very soon our life will be like this. Very soon. I, the people I hate most that I can't stand 
are people who are seeing the future but are doing nothing about them to today. If whatever you are seeing in the future is not driving your behavior today, you are fantasizing. If what you see in the future drives your behavior today, you are visionary. I came to Sprinter's Road. I was spending almost every day at Ashimata Forest. My vision. And I had pastors I came here with. When they call me and say I'm in Ashimata Forest, they will tell me that, oh, okay, when I finish the prayer, they, they will come and see me in the house. They will come and meet me and then we break the food I'm using to break my fast. They will eat it with me. They are still in wooden structures and uncompleted buildings. But what I saw influenced my behaviors. Are you here? Do you understand? If you see a man who talks more than he acts, he is a Cinderella fantastic. Okay, okay. He drinks Fanta. <laughs> Leave him. Run away from him. If a man comes to you and says, um, I, w- I want to have children. I want to have children, so I want to marry. Please, please, please. Ask Abraham. He wanted to have children. The children didn't come until he was 100 years old. But he knew how to manage his expectations. Some men will marry you two years, don't have a child. Their mothers are calling you. Their sisters are calling you. When are you going to have a child? When are you going to have a child? Because because for them, they're looking for a baby producing machine, not a wife. When I met mommy, mommy said when she was young, a surgery was done for her. She was very, very young. So the mother and the father, they all came. And when she was growing up, she was told that this was a surgery that was done for her. And the doctor said, it's possible she can have children. Mommy met, she told me. She told me, I said, listen, I don't love you because of children. I love you because of you. Let's start the thing. But I knew I was too anointed. Two years after our marriage, here comes Kevin. See how big he is. Anointing (laughs) Guan. It's it's the Bible. The Bible says the oil will make your face fat. The oil will make you fat. It's the anointing. Some of you are assuming that after marriage, two years, we'll move to our own house and we'll live in Trazaco Valley. When you hear girls talking like that, I say run away from them. When you marry them, they'll be disappointed because after 10 years, you'll still be, <laughs> you'll still be on the sprinter's road, renting. Renting, yeah, baby girls. I, I don't want my wedding in the church. I want, I want a garden wedding. A garden wedding. And then I want, I want my garden. Can we get a white horse? Can we get a white horse? My wedding, can we get a white horse? The person is not yet mature. Don't worry. Don't, don't marry that person. Cinderella, you want white horse in Ghana? <laughs> to sit People should come. And then... Daddy, please, my wedding... My daddy, please, my my wedding, my wedding. Can you can you please say these things and please can you do this? If you come and tell me all those funny things, I call my son, I'll tell my son, this girl. Hmm.
grow up before you die. Okay, so let me go. Number six, a spouse who has become familiar. A spouse who has become familiar. You see, everything you become familiar with, you disrespect that thing. You disrespect that thing. Some men have become familiar with their wives. They disrespect their wives. Say anything to them. Say anything. If you disrespect your wife, become familiar with your wife. You will. You, you will break your home. Don't. Continue to respect her and value her. The same way you respected her from the beginning. You know, sometimes uh, when we're young, and I said, Mommy went to office and was still talking, and I don't know how they heard that we bathed together. That we bathed together. One old man called him, Hey, hey, don't be bathing with your husband. When he sees your nakedness after a while, he will not. Don't be bathing. There are still women here who cover themselves because they don't want their husband to see them and they will lose respect. Hey, it's an inbuilt something. I'm still married to mommy for 28 years. When I still see mommy's nakedness, all the anointing begins to descend. Hey! Hey! I still love the body, love everything around her, respect her, value her, the same way we met. Having gotten familiar with her, the things that she doesn't like, I don't do them. I know that she wouldn't like. She, Sometimes, sometimes you know, men, because we're created from the dust, we want to dodge the night bathing. Yeah. Want to dodge the night. But because I know, and, and yeah, and because I'm not familiar with mommy, I said, I don't want this woman to start thinking. Well, when mommy complained about my stomach, hey, your stomach is coming up. Started walking six kilometers a day. To see your bishop walking, coo, coo, coo. I'm, what, what am I walking? My, 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 my wife doesn't like my stomach. Let me walk. Hoo, 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 hoo. Some of you, <laughs> you have lost that thing. You are no longer charming to your husband. You don't care. You don't care. You don't fix your hair. You don't. You see, if you respect someone, whatever the person admires about you, you keep it. You keep it for the person to continue to admire you. Mommy still serves me, and even better, brings my food herself, carries it. When they cook at home, the way she will fetch mine and keep it somewhere, nobody should touch it and swear heaven and earth that if you dare not, I'm sure that if the father were to be alive and the father came to the house and ate my food, she would, have, she would disown her father. It is the respect and the value. Never get familiar. You are courting with somebody, you're not even married. You're already familiar with each other. You can insult yourself. Rough, rough. I would advise you don't marry. I'm going to cause trouble for yourself. Don't marry. Finally, then I can release you. Finally, my friends. Finally, finally. Finally. <laughs> a couple, finally, a couple that decouples Christ. A couple that decouples Christ. You, you, will, you will just destroy your home. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. 
A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When we were growing up, there used to be this hair. They called Mesa, Mesa. In fact, your hair, your hair that you, are, you do. Eunice, come, come. Eunice is my sister, younger sister. Eunice, come. You see Eunice's hair? They weave. You have to, you have to make the cord stray, isn't it? To weave it. Eh? So all those small, small things, they, they are thread, 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 put together. Because if you do it too, you can easily remove. Isn't it? Yeah. A cord, thank you. No, in marriage, there are only three strands that will keep it going. You, Jesus, and your wife. You must be in the middle. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Let me tell you something. Your spiritual life is the foundation of everything. Next week, when I start talking about how to build a solid home, the first thing I talk about is foundation. Foundation. He that hear these words of mine and put them into practice, like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who built his house on the rock? Who built his house on the rock? You want your home to survive. You want your children to be Christians and survive. You want to be celebrated. You want to be happy in your old age. You and your wife must commit yourself to Jesus. And the evidence of your commitment to Jesus is the service you render in the house of God. I'm telling you, you I mean, you cannot be committed to Christ without rendering a service. By Saturday evening, everybody is ironing. You are going to on Sunday. Sunday morning, everybody is up. You are all moving. Poo, 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 poo. Everybody is in church. Today, you know what they say? They say people destroy their marriage when they are too committed to church. It is a satanic sermon. Any, if my wife, mommy sometimes, mommy is a woman's fellowship, I just come there jokingly. Hey, mom, boy, mommy, wife, mommy, I won't, I won't be offended that mommy couldn't give me food because she was in women's fellowship. Why should I be offended? That she's serving God who created her? Or your husband is paying tight and you are fighting him for paying tight. Your husband is serving a man of God and you are fighting him for serving a man of God. But if he goes to rent a hotel for your birthday, you're happy. And the people who come to eat are your enemies, right? They pretend to be friends. They will leave and go and gossip about you. All the things mommy and I want to do, eh? We want to build some very nice chapel for God. Just the two of us. Nobody's money is involved. Just the two of us. We want to build a very nice chapel and say, Lord, for everything you have done. For me, my children, my children's children, everybody will pastor. I hear people who are going around saying that, and the pastors are all making their sons pastors, and they are taking over the church, and they are making their sons pastors. I've told my sons, I've told my children, I never depended on church for anything. I built a business. You depend on the business, but you pastor a church. Even if I die and they don't make Kevin take over this church as a senior pastor, he will still pastor a branch. We are not going to survive on the income of the church. So we are not looking for position. What we are looking for is to serve God. And it's the back of their mind. I say, oh, we are serving God. Finish. Our own is to serve God. If God has truly called you, Kevin, if I give you a branch, and you're not a senior pastor, you can even build a branch to become bigger than the headquarters. 
And now they will say that the Father's spirit is upon him. Let us go and bring him to come and take over the church. I'm not going to push my son to the front for battles. For people to just hate him. I'm not going to do that. I called him. I told him, son, ministry is a long journey. Take your time. Even the youth. I say, serving the youth. I'm not making you the youth president, even though I know you can. But just serving the youth. Serve with them. Be there and serve with them. Just be there and serve with them. When I ordain him as a pastor, he'll be working in my office. But all my, I told my miss, well, your husband, either you become a pastor or your husband becomes a pastor. She looked at my face like that. I said, it is, it is, it, 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 it is what it is. It's in the blood. We are just serving God. Yes, my great grandchildren, great, 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 great grandchildren. Everybody, Ube Sumyame, Ube Yosofo, Ube Missionary, Ube Pastor Church, whether you like it or not, what God has done for me, I should end it somewhere. Hey, no, it can't be ended anywhere. That's why, listen, don't take the audiovisual people who come and sack me from here, but I'm closing the church. Don't let anybody, don't take church matters home. Don't discuss your pastors at home for your children to hear. Don't fight anybody at church. Ignore them. Anybody who wants to fight you in church, ignore the person. This is where, listen, this is how I win, win, win. This is how I win. Me, I win serving God. This is how I win. Preaching makes me a winner. Serving God makes me a winner. If I don't mention my children in this church, nobody will even know. They don't have special chairs. They don't have anything. Be there. Serve them. I'm a very blessed man. Spiritually, financially, everywhere. But my children are down to earth. Because I tell them in the house all the time. We are servants of God. We are just serving God. Every one of you will serve God. Are you here? It is time you bring your children to altar. You pray with them. It is time you start showing them how to pay tithe now. Very soon in this church, I'll be receiving family tithe. On tithe Sunday, I will ask that we're going to have a day where I receive tithe. And when you're coming, you come with your family to bring your tithe to represent your family. And let them be covered. If we're serving God, serve him well with a wholehearted devotion and everything around you. Love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy might, with all thy everything. It is all. It is not I'm serving God small. I'm not serving him small. Because do you hear me? I was telling the men here, I was telling the men this morning that the, the Bible said, Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus also be in you. You see, it's the mind of Christ that must be in you. Not the mind of another chorister who is planning a conspiracy theory. Planning a conspiracy, and then they put it in your head. There are people sitting there in this church, they don't have the mind of Christ, so they have the mind of somebody who got offended and left this church. The person has said so many things and transferred what is in their mind into their head. Let the mind of Christ be in you. Save him. With the mind of Christ, not somebody's thinking, not somebody's. 
You let me close. Let me close. Because I feel like I feel like preaching, sir. I feel like preaching to the to the end of the day. I feel like preaching and preaching. Because this is what will help you. This is what will make you a good Christian. Listen, listen. Do you know that? Do you know that if you can't take care of your home, you can't be a pastor. Do you know that if you, you can't, if you can't, if you don't marry well, you're not qualified to be a church leader. That's that's how important the home is. That's why you must marry well and commit yourself to the raising of your children and make time for your family. Your wife is your first business. Not, not that office. Not that shop. Not that... Be- listen, your wife is your first business. I mean, this church is not my first. Listen, no. God is first. This church comes third. Mommy comes before this church. Are you here with me? Do you understand? That's how important it is. That's how important it is. Build solid families, but build them on godly foundations. Teach your children how to love pastors and respect pastors. Teach them how to love church and value church. Your children come from Sunday school, they come and give complaints, and then you go and fight Sunday school teachers for your children. What, what thinking is that? What kind of thinking is that? How can you raise godly children showing or godly behaviors? Shame to all fathers who smoke and drink before their children. Shame to all of you. Shame! Your children go to open your fridge for water and your beer is fighting with their water for space in your fridge. Shame! Shame! Shame to all fathers who beat their wives before their children. Shame! Shame to all mothers who insult their husbands before their children. Shame! I'm telling you, Shame to all of you. You should repent. Go before the Lord and ask him for forgiveness of your sins. But drinking before your children. Children, you are drinking before them. Give them some. No, no, give them some to drink. If it's good, give them some. Just give them some. If you think church is not a good place, call your children, tell all of them, when you all grow up, don't go to church. There are only bad people there. Just tell them, be courageous and tell them. If you can't encourage your children to do the work you do, why are you doing it? Even Bukum Banku is sensible. He said, no, none of my children will do boxing. Because when they hit you, your brain is moving. Ke, 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 ke. <laughs> gospel. Be a living gospel. Let the people, let your children see Christ in you. Serve him and serve Christ and serve Christ more and 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 serve him. And the set man in your life is your pastor. So you can't serve God without a relationship with him. He demarcates the job that is supposed to be done. It's as simple as that. Have you seen a mason who goes to the site and ignores the, the instruction of the architect? You are an engineer. Can that happen? Plaster here. Send me our plaster here. Our plaster here. You can't give me instructions. Our plaster here. You cannot be in the local church 
I say I'm there without a relationship with the pastor. I'm, I'm just there. I'm just there. I'm just there. Some of you must repent from today. You must repent from today. Because, you see, nobody can intimidate me from preaching the pure gospel. So if you're not interested in pure gospel, why are you here in this church? Why are you here in this church? If you're not interested in pure gospel, why are you here? Why are you here? You, you are interested in the pastor who raises every Sunday and your soul will go to hell? I am interested in your soul, not your seed. That's why God has blessed me financially. All those who come to you because of envelopes, tell you visions and collect envelopes and go. Here are people you love. How many of you have I come for envelope when I was even a poor pastor? The gospel of the kingdom. I'll preach it, sir. I'll preach it, sir. Okay, church is closed. Thank you for coming to church. We'll meet here on Saturday. We'll meet on Saturday. But thank you all for coming to Rise on your feet. Today is your first time of worshiping with us. We want to welcome you specially. Can Lady Olivia come and join me to welcome them? We want to welcome you specially. If today is your first time of coming to church, can you please, wherever you are, come to the altar. Let me pray for you. Today is your first time of coming to church. Just come to the altar. Let me pray for you. Just come to the altar. Let me pray for you. Just come. Rush, rush here. Don't walk. Just run here. Let the bishop pray. Today is your first time of coming to church. Come here. Let me pray for you. God bless you. Where are you? Today is your first time of coming to church. Just walk forward here right now. Anybody here for the first time today? No first time here today? God bless you, son. God bless you. Come here. Let the bishop pray for you. Come up here to this thing. Any other person? Don't forget we are praying for 12 hours this week. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We are praying. In the middle of the day, I'll be with you. Anybody here again in first timer? Are those coming? Are they, are they first timers? Okay. The Lord honor you and bless you. And cause you to accept from all front. May your presence in this church make a new beginning for you. Jesus' name. Amen. Please follow the gentleman. Why I come up? Please don't forget Saturday. Um, some of you, Kevin, will be doing some video. Bring that in. Let me show that to them. Take a picture before you go. Where is the this thing? Take a picture and then we'll send it to you and then you put it on the this thing. All the youth are meeting me. Let's share the benediction. Surely, his goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give all of you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Kevin, what are you waiting for? Run. Please just run. Run to the Pleasant Place Church this Saturday, 26 September 2020 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. for a life transforming experience with Christ. Stop ready for the Master's Youth, designed for youth whose heart are seeking the Lord and ready for the coming revival. Speakers include Joshua Howard Mills, Francis Ajinasari, Niso Takia Boy, Papa Crunchy Ankara, Caleb Victor Osei, and hosted by Kevin T.T. For more information, call 264-133-333.
My name is Ntifafa Haibo. Most people call me Fafa. I've been in the Shipful Chapel, then known or so-called, uh, since I was 17. Generally, what I've loved about the church is the support system, especially with the senior pastor, Bishop Gideon Titi Ofer, and his lovely wife, Lady Olivia Titi Ofer. They've been like parents, as spiritual parents ought to be. Um, I've had my highs and lows, my moments, and through it all, because the doctrine encourages us to have our personal relationships with Christ, it's really helped to ground me and contain me even in the worst of times where most people would have veered off the faith probably and done things they weren't supposed to have. I'm not claiming to be a saint, but I am glad I have a personal relationship with Christ, which has kept me grounded, kept me hopeful, and kept me joyous through it all. I have had the happiest moments in my life in church, and I encourage you to be a member of the Pleasant Place Church, where the support and love is so immense. We look forward to having you this Sunday. Join the Pleasant Place Church and enjoy edifying word, electrifying worship, and embracing warmth at the Pleasant Word Service every Sunday at 9 a.m. at the Sheepfold Worship Center, Spinters Road, Accra. Call 264-133-333 if you need additional information or visit www.mypleasantplace.org.